Hey guys, it's the sales energizer, Dan Jordan. And if you're ready to energize your personal and professional life, reach out to my good buddy and friend, Derek Butler. The guy's awesome and mildly good looking. A little bit better than me, but not much. Welcome to the Made Man Project. This is your man, DB, transformed from trauma victim into a victor over trauma and your emotional empowerment coach. You are now inside the Made Man Project, where every Monday we're bringing you an empowering personal message to dismantle society's false sense of masculinity and change the male narrative. Thanks for coming through today. Men cry. Men break down. Men get anxiety. Men have emotions. Men feel insecure. Men get abused. Men have mental health illnesses. It's not unmanly to struggle. Let's support men. Let's encourage men. Don't belittle or silence men. Men struggle too. Take it from at the mental health page. My guest today is a sales energizer, Dan Jordan, also known as The Deeds. Dan is a keynote speaker, coach, and co-owner of Sales Arbiter, and one of the few men I know who actually loves the cold call. It's been said that the DJ sales philosophy is a mix between Confucius and the late, great Robin Williams. So make sure you share this podcast with others who you think can benefit from it. Just copy and paste the link. Also remember to subscribe to the Made Man Project and leave us a rating and review. All right, let's get it. Hey, yo, fellas, we, we made men. We made men. Try to believe that within. I just want to be a good man. Okay. I know you all, but tell me you a good man. Tell me you're a good man. So many men are being crushed. Societal demands to be tough. Yes, you guess you are enough. Okay. Just wanna be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. Listen, I'm right beside you, I'm right behind you. I know that life could be hard. Right? You're not a coward, you got the power for talking about your scars. No, you're not so let me inspire you, empower you, be called. Society may want to see you fall. You got another brother to call. So many men are being crushed. Societal demands to be tough. Yes, you yes you are enough. Don't bluff. Okay. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. Hey, hey, I'm here, my brother. You know I love you. Yes, you yes, you are enough. I just wanna be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a What's up, family? Welcome back to the Made Men Project. I'm your host, D. Bean. Today, I'm bringing on my good friend, the sales energizer, Dan Jordan, also known as The Deej. Dan is a keynote speaker, coach, and co-owner of Sale Arbiter, and one of the few men I know who actually loves the cold call. It's been said, now I didn't say this, but a lot of people are saying that the Deej sales philosophy is a mix between Confucius and the late, great Robin Williams. Look, today, Dan is going to help me dismantle society's false sense of masculinity because so many men are being crushed on societal demands to be tough, deny any kind of vulnerability, sensitivity, or any internal hurt and pain, and it's time to change that narrative. So listen, it's going to be a great show, so hold on. But first, really quickly, if you're a man who knows that you have the potential to do great things, but just not sure how to get from where you are to where you want to be, 
trapped in mental and emotional bondage and being crushed under self-limiting beliefs and behaviors, it's time to stop struggling with the stress, anxiety, self-doubt, and fear. And look me up on LinkedIn.com at Derek Butler Empowers and send me a message and we'll book you a free no-pitch clarity call so you can learn more about me and my team and if and how we can help you master your emotions and begin maximizing your full potential both personally and professionally in the next 60 days. Okay, Deej, what's up, my man? Welcome to the show. Brother, you are doing God's work. I tell you, it takes a big set to be going out in this world today and, and sticking up for, for men. Hey, <laughs> hey man, I, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate that, man. I, I, I truly do. I just thank you for coming on the show. I know you're a busy man. This is your Sunday, and I know you got a lot going on, but I appreciate you coming on the show, man, and helping me dismantle society's false sense of masculinity, brother. Surely well, appreciate you. Well, I I, th I think it's great. Listen, you know, Sundays are, are a big day for people. It's you know, it, yeah. everybody needs to take off and do something. But man, it's a it's not a day to take off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my tell me, he goes, Danny, you don't have to work every day. Just every day that ends with a Y. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, Sunday. You know, my dad never. He was like that. He was like Mister Positive. He didn't have weekends. He used to call them strong ends. Yeah, yeah. That I like, I love that. I'm, I'm going to change that philosophy that because, you know, Sundays are normally my setup. I call it setup Sunday. That's when yeah. I set my week up. Saturday is my self-care day to day. That I, I try to take off and not do anything. But normally yeah. Sundays well, is. Today, you know, today I'm up like every other. I'm up today at 0430. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. My routine and up at 430. I'm just rocking and rolling, doing my exercise and reading, doing my reading. I finished a book today. I fin Hey, a cool thing happened. I was reading. A, I was reading a book and it was one of my daughters. Like it was actually it's an old book, A Time to Kill. One of those John Grisham books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love the movie. <laughs> Love the yeah. movie. Yeah, right. And so I'm reading it and like, everything's cool. It's just, you know, normal book. But there, my daughter apparently is like a highlighter. And so she she highlighted one like passage, which is real cool. So you can get an insight I'm into what thing. Yeah. daughter's thinking, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was, it was uh, the line was something like, learn to love fear. Mm. It's gonna happen anyway, and don't let it control you. You control Ooh. And, and like she highlighted that. I'm like, dang, I did something right. <laughs> That's amazing, man. That's awesome. So, so I want to jump right into it, DJ. As a child, man, who and what was your example of a man? I know you spoke about your dad earlier, but dig into that a little bit. Well, my, my, my dad was a real, you know, I'm, I wouldn't normally say this, but I'm Jewish. And the reason why right. I'm saying because there's a there's a word, um, you know, a man is a man. But like a good man, someone who really, uh, you know, provides and does all that he's supposed to do is, is something different. That person's called a mensch. Okay. And so a mensch is like a man plus, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, my, my dad, uh, my dad survived uh, the Holocaust. You know, he, wow. he, he lost his father literally in Auschwitz. I mean, a mm. literal concentration camp, wow. you know, in a gas chamber, the whole thing. And um, so when when he would tell me stuff, he, he only had a sixth grade education. But when he would tell me stuff, it had some weight behind it. You know, yeah. it, the yeah. advice that give me had some weight. And I remember when I had uh, when I had kids, when I had my first son, uh, my first boy, uh, my dad said to me uh, a couple things. But one of them, you know, how do you raise children? Right. And he said, 
the most important thing your children need to see is for daddy to wake up in the morning and go to work. Hmm. You know, like that. And so that was the environment I was brought up in. I was brought up with the community that everybody owned their own business and, yeah. you know, everybody went out and, and hustled and you would have to have a trade. Uh, I mean, that was the big thing. Yeah. You know, have a trade. You know, so yeah. if the world blew up, if something happened, you could use your hands, you could do something, you know? Absolutely. And like, and you were, you were raided with that. I, I remember I went to my, I went to my my friend's house across the street, Gary Zisman. Yeah. Gary went to the bathroom or did something. I don't know. And I was hanging out there and his parents were there. And his dad, Sal Zisman, took this time to uh, talk to me, as neighbors would often do. Yeah. And they said, so, Danny, tell me, uh, you know, what are you going to do with yourself? How are you going to support your family? Mm. And, and I looked at him and I said, <laughs> I said, Mr. Zisman, I'm 11. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right, but that was the whole thing. That was I the mean, mindset. Yeah, up for that, and so like, you know, somebody who didn't work, you're you're 13, 14, 15, you're not working. Mm. What's wrong with you? Mm. You yeah. know, I mean, like pressure just to get out and and to get that stuff, and so, you know, my and and mom stayed home. Yeah. Mom stayed home and took care yeah. of the family. Yeah, and um. The dads put the, put their moms on a pedestal. God, mm -hmm. you could you could be angry all you want, but you say something bad. You know, it's still in this world, you say something bad about somebody's mother, but it's not like your 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 friends would get angry with you, man. If you said it in front of your father, if you said something bad about your mom in front of your father, mm -hmm. that was that's the biggest sin. <laughs> you Absolutely. know, all hell breaks loose. Absolutely. That's that's great, man. I love the story. Listen, so when you were younger, what, what did being a man, I know what, it, what what did being a man mean to you when you were coming up as a child? Um, yeah, it's, it's actually be, being a man. Gosh, it's, you know, it's tough to put it into words. It's more of a feeling. Um, I was I was hell bent. There was a time in my life. Uh, I, I I never went to college, but I, I did have a, a store. Uh, my first business when I was 18, I, I, I didn't go to college. I, I stole the money from the college and I bought myself my first store, my deli, DJ's Country Deli. Right. And uh, I built that thing up. But um, I, you know, the, the main thing, I guess, for a man was to be independent, wow. um, be mm. able to, um, to be able to get by. And, and so I had that that store. And my friends were coming home from college and I realized I missed that experience. And so I took off, I set the store up with a manager and I took off um, to, you know, to find myself. And I went on a hitchhiking. Uh, I took no money. I just got jobs along the way. And the whole idea was just to gain experience and, and to find that independence, to find that. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's, that's always what I thought a man was to be able to get by. And it was, it was one day I was in Texas and I was, I was walking. I mean, all day, some days you just want to walk, you know, you just want to be with yourself and you just kind of figure stuff out. And it's a funny story how I got to Texas, but I'll just tell you what. So I'm in Texas and um, some guy picked me up at the end of the day and I looked at him and I, and he said, listen, you know why I picked you up? 
And I said, why? I mean, did you stop me on the highway? And he says, because I saw you when I was going to work eight hours ago. Mm. <laughs> and now I'm seeing you still here. I go, you must need a meal. And so he picked me up. But during, during that walk, I found myself, so I was just walking, walking. And then like, I was literally stopped in my tracks. And uh, I don't know, it was like a, it was like a spiritual moan. I'm sitting there and I just, I couldn't move. And it was like, there was a, a rod through my head into the ground. And I was just like stuck there, broke down into tears. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. My whole, everything was like, you know, in a daze. And all of a sudden I just kind of had the clarity of thought that I've never had in my life mm-hmm. since then. Um, but I, I figured if it all ended right there, I got this. I was, it was like a point of peace that I've never been before. And I think that's when I became a man. Wow. I think I figured it could, I, I, I can get, I could handle anything. Anything. That is powerful, man. You know, to, go, to, to leave your comfort and to hitchhike across the country. That's, that's something that is. Oh, that was awesome. great. Yeah. Oh, yes. gotta hang out. I'll tell you some stories on that. That's Definitely. not prime time i'll tell you definitely i definitely want to hear that but talk <laughs> about your biggest challenges what was the hardest part for you about that though about that trip yeah about just that that journey at that point in time in your life oh well you know it would there's a there's a few times in your life where you're not responsible for anybody else mm. but yourself um, you got no family. You're not uh, even, you know, I was away from everybody. I was total, I was totally alone. And during those times when you're totally alone, you, you got some choices to make. It's, it's easy to listen, uh, you know, working and succeeding is easy. Uh, being lazy is just a little bit easier. <laughs> and it, it becomes a habit. And so you have that choice to make when you wake up and you literally have nothing to do and nobody to tell you where to go and nobody to tell you what, I mean, it's just you and your own personal God. Yeah. Yeah. And when you make more of the right decisions than the, the wrong decisions, I mean, listen, I'm just, I make a lot of wrong decisions. I'm shooting for 51%, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. You make a couple of bad decisions in a row and it becomes a habit. It becomes lifestyle. And the the biggest challenge I would say was to, to fight the devil. I mean, to fight those demons that are there. It's just so, I mean, it's, it, you know, I, I want the, I'm, I'm here at the, you know, the little coffee shop here, man. Yeah. I want that chocolate cake. Ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and, you know, and, and I like my alone time and I like being lazy and I like laying in bed. Mm-hmm. You have empty spaces on your calendar. Baby, that's that you want to find the devil, find some empty spaces on the calendar. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. You are a salesperson. You go. You go two or three days without an appointment. Man, you're 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 in the kitchen with the devil. You're eating yeah. breakfast. A good time. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you start 
start thinking about all these awful things. Why am I so terrible? Why is this bad? Why, you know? And then somebody comes to you and like, oh, you're not, don't worry about it. It's not here, here, have a drink. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, the biggest challenge is always the one between your ears. Absolutely. You know, my parents, you know, used to say, or my mom and my grandma used to say, you know, Idle Time is the devil's workshop, man. So I definitely, yeah. definitely understand what you're saying about that, man. And that's that's important, man, because at the end of the day, we, we, we come down to the choices that we make. Our outcomes are based on the choices that we make, man. And we continue to make bad choices. Those turn into, now that's just not a choice, that's a habit. <laughs> that's a part of who we yeah. are, man. So I like that part, man. You know, so, my, my dad used to say, well, and I say it now, and I still to my kids, you know, some people say a boy doesn't become a man till he has a, a till he has a kid. But um, uh, my dad used to say this. He used to say, you know, act like the person you would like to become. Yeah. And very soon you'll see that person in the mirror. Absolutely. Man. You know. So my my wife, when we when we first got married, um, you know, she was working, and then I came home from work one day, and she uh, she wasn't there. She, you know, she was she was still coming home from work or whatever. And so she came home and we, you know, we had no money. We had nothing. I mean, literally nothing. And, uh, I said, church, I call her church. I said, church, you know, I'd really like it if you would be home when I got home. Mm. And she said, uh, she said, well, how could I, you know, I got work. I got to do. And I said, what would you think about quitting work? <laughs> and she's can't afford it. I said, I know but I'd really like you home when I get home because in my head, a man provides for his woman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get into that. I did, I was terrified with the thought, and this might sound sexist, but I didn't want her earning more money than me. Ooh. I didn't want that competition. I didn't want to look at her as competition. I wanted her. I wanted myself to be in a certain role and I'm willing to take that. And I wanted her to be in a certain role because right. taking care of a family and a household is, is no small thing. And right. I can't do it. I mean, if, if it was up to me to send out Christmas cards, it would never get done. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. You know, I mean, women, she's good at that stuff. She's good at taking care of me and the kids and the house and all that stuff. And then I didn't want that that world is hers. And so, you know, I wanted to see myself as that man, as that provider. Now I'm not saying everybody wants that. Yeah. That, that was the ditch, you know, and, and that's who she married. How did you, how did you deal with those emotions that, you know, when you felt like you wasn't, how did you handle that internally? Yeah. When you're not living up to that, when, you know, cause, cause we've hell anybody that's been in business for themselves, man, I've started from zero more times than it, yeah. you know, and, with all you could borrow, you could just whistle right past zero, you know, and then you yeah. got it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And times you feel, and, and, and as men, we kind of, uh, we, we rate ourselves and we, we condition ourselves that we are our job. And yeah. so if, if you lose your job, you know, if that's your value, well then, and you lose your job, you, you almost feel like you have no value, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so, yeah, you, you got to fight that. You got it. So I always tell people, listen, you're not looking for a job um, when you're when you're not doing that. I, I would always say, man, my job is to earn an income. Mm-hmm. And this job that I have right now may be one income source. 
you know, million other income sources that I can do. I can mow lawns and get an income source. I could do this. And so as long as I'm constantly earning an income, that's my value to the family. Mm. Bringing in, not that job. And so instead of thinking, oh, why did this happen to me? I immediately start thinking, how can I earn an income for my family? Yeah, absolutely. And then you ask the right questions, you'll get the right answers. Absolutely. I got, I got it, brother. So, you know, let's, let's talk about emotions, man. When it comes to your emotions, when it, and, and, you know, we all have them. And as men, we want to try to deny or avoid. But when it comes to your emotions, what's harder for you? Is it harder for you to identify what you feel, process through what you feel, or communicate what you feel? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a introspective person. So, yeah. like, here, for instance, this is my, this is my, it's, it's Sunday morning here. This is my yeah. journal. Right. So, I, every day... I write a page every day. Yeah, yeah. Of just of just what I'm feeling. So I just dropped this about what I'm feeling and all this stuff. And uh, and this is where I get my ideas and I talk about everything. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I'm pr- I'm pretty open. I I mean, I couldn't care less what people think. I used to be tough. I used to, you know, before I had kids. Um, I would kind of keep a lot of things internally and all that stuff, but I don't know what happened when I started having kids, man, I, I see two like birds, you know, frolicking around in the trees. I'll start crying. I don't know what the hell I can't can't control it anymore. But listen, the main thing, the main thing uh, for a man is you gotta, you gotta find a good woman. (laughs) Right. That's the, it's really important. And one that's supportive and, and all that. And we'll, we'll, uh, you know, call you out when you're being an idiot and all that stuff. But one who's there when, you know, when, when I went to zero, last I lost a, I had a business uh, partner, whatever things happen. Anyway, you know, you lose, uh, you know, $700,000 that you don't really have and come home and tell your wife about it. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, you know, then your goal changes. Now you're trying to save a marriage. You're not trying to save the business. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Trying to save a marriage. How, um, what does that yeah. look like? You know, you said you started from zero before. What does that look like when you have to come home and tell that to your partner that that you that you you failed or you dropped the ball or you lost? And how does that rebuild look? How do you work through that from a mental and emotional standpoint? Um. Uh, again, you you put me in a place here, brother, that I, that I haven't been in a while. So because now I'm really. that's that's where i want you to go like that's the point that's where i want you we we want to be real transparent and deal you know i mean that's what the the big decisions the big decisions we always made together yeah so not like i go you know if i'm investing money into something uh i'm not doing it without a conversation and thank she's 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 really terrific and uh she says listen we we made that decision together yeah and so, th- so then that was over, but very quickly you got to move on. And so I, I, I follow this philosophy. Yeah. Um, I can't, going back to my dad, going back to my dad. And he used to say a couple things. Um, if, if you have a real big problem, he goes, Danny, uh, Jewish accent, you know, French Jewish accent. Yeah. He goes, Dan, is it anything $10,000 can't fix? Mm. <laughs> you know, like that was a big Yeah, thing. yeah. You know? Well, this one, he couldn't. And so then he would have another one and he would say, Danny, you can worry or you can work. Mm. Both. Mm. 
<laughs> and so you got to work your way out of it. You wake up the next day and you ask yourself that question. What do I need to do to earn some income today? And you'll find the answer. How do I figure out a way to earn some income today? Mm-hmm. And then it just comes your way. You meet other people like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I was in trouble like this, I'd come to you. I said, Derek, uh, you got any ideas? You got any people I can help? I, I, I got to figure out a way to get some new income there. Who do you know? Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you do a couple of, you meet a couple of other men like that. Everybody's been in the situation. Yeah. Yeah, come on here. Well, I got, some, I got something your skills can help. And so you hustle. I think the biggest thing you just said and what speaks so loudly is, you allowed yourself to be vulnerable and say, I need help. I need to get this done right now and I don't have it. Do you know anybody? And I think that goes, that speaks to life in general. Many men are afraid or ashamed to say that they need help, regardless of whatever the help is. So what makes you comfortable? What makes you able to be able to do that and openly express that, that I need help? Oh, well, it's because because I know what real horror is mm. because I was brought up on that. Home. My dad used to, he said, Danny, and one day I was 13 years old, yeah. just had a bar, you know, you're a man now. Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, I was depressed about something. Something was going on, eh, whatever, who knows? And my dad said, uh, he said, Danny, remember this, you're in America. He started telling me about what the things that happened. He goes, you're in America. He yeah. says on its worst day, they don't throw babies in the air and catch them on pitchforks. Mm. You know, he goes, and I, I, just, I go, that's what it matters. Nothing freaking matters. I mean, you can, you know, how many, listen to Derek, can you, do you remember a really embarrassing thing that happened to you in high school? I'm not going to ask you what it is, but you were in high school, a really like terribly embarrassing oh, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I could tell you what it is. Like I, I, I'm, I'm open about, yeah, but go ahead. Yeah. Right. But, but I, tell me after I'm going to make a point. Yeah. But so, yeah, you can, you think what, now listen, I want you to think really hard. Can you think of anything really embarrassing that happened to anybody else in high school? Absolutely. (laughs) But you don't have that feeling. It's not that emotion. It's just something else that happened to him. No big Mm -hmm. deal. No, you don't care about that other guy's horrible incident. Right. You care care about number one. You care about yourself. And the day I realized that. I, I, if I ask somebody for help and they find, oh my gosh, look at all that terrible thing that happened to them. You know what they think about next? I'm hungry. Anybody have any food here? I mean, it's yeah. nothing. They're done with you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. People care about you in your little circle. That's, you know, those, those that's your support group. You, you got to keep that strong. You can, in business, you can make a thousand business mistakes. Mm-hmm. America will always give you another chance. Yeah, man, a second. Yeah, yeah. You make one or two bad personal mistakes. You find the wrong woman. You hang around with the wrong crowd. You, uh, you know, you, you do something illegal. You just, you, you start getting in that thing. Man, you make one or two bad personal mistakes. You pay for it for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, who the hell cares if you're going to lose your house or if you made a bad business mistake or you tried something and who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Matter. I get it. Get over it. I you work it. on number one, baby. <laughs> get right with God. 
gonna throw out I'm gonna throw out two words to you, and I want you to just tell me the first things that come to your mind when I say them. Okay? Yeah. Vulnerability and transparency. Yeah, it's being a human. Ah, yeah. That's winner. Yeah. That's winners do. You know, I do a lot of speaking. I do yeah. a lot of professional speaking, and I go out and and uh, the thing that people bring up the most is is uh, the stories that you tell about, you know, vulnerability and mistakes you made and things you screwed up. If you can tell a story and have the audience put themselves into that picture, then you got them. Yeah. And that's that's the same with sales. And that's the same when you're trying to start a business. And it's the same when you're trying to, you know, find a, a good partner. Um, you know, you you want they want to know the real you. Yeah. And the real you is messy and it's ugly. Yeah. But it's probably not nearly as ugly as, as you think, because other people are dealing with the same process. And that's the key. That's what I want. a lot of my clients, a lot of many, a lot of men I speak to, I tell them the same thing that everybody's dealing with something. Everybody, and, and, and the thing about it is, we have to be vulnerable because that's where the place, that's where the healing starts. When we're able to open up and talk about what we're going through and share in a safe, trusted place of what we're going through, because you know, so many men are suffering in silence and isolation, thinking that. They can't speak to that. They're the only ones dealing with this name and they're still shameful about it. But we all deal with something. And yeah. keeping it to ourselves and not helping us to work through it. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, you know, on the other side is, but here's the thing. If you're going to ask for help mm -hmm. and somebody gives you some advice or somebody gives you like a, a tool or something to use and you say, oh, thank you for that, you better use it. You got to be willing you know, to use it. Very yeah. quick. You know, some people can get addicted to asking for help and never doing anything. Never doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go suck eggs. Yeah. So what's one piece of advice you will give to men regarding masculinity? Regarding that? Well, boy, that's a good question. Um, don't be ashamed of it. Mm. Mm. Don't be ashamed of being a man. Don't be ashamed of, uh, of uh, wanting to get dirty or wanting to, you know, to to flex your muscles and wanting to, you know, get into it with some, don't get it. Don't be ashamed of that. You need okay. that. And by the way, people like that. Mm, okay. Okay. You know, yeah. I don't be ashamed. That. Don't be ashamed of being a man. Yeah. They'll try to down like they did call you, you know, names and you, you haven't evolved. You know, I, 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 I took my kids out of public school because they were treating the boys like they were, you know, dysfunctional girls, boys mm. and girls are just, you gotta, kids need to get out, boys need to get out and run. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I get <laughs> it. If you need to get out and run, get out and run. If you need to scream a little, if you need to, you know, you know don't do anything violent, but man, don't be ashamed of, uh, say, oh, it's stupid, don't get on the roof. You don't wanna give you, it's dangerous. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm doing it. Right, right. So in, in, in the spirit of vulnerability and transparency, man, and, you know, what is something that you still struggle with or is a challenge for you today? You know, um, I, 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 I put out a lot of stuff and I and I and I put on this uh, this air of, uh, you know, just like not caring and all this stuff and, and, and all this stuff. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, my biggest challenge is saying no mm. to anyone. 
<laughs> you know, mm. at, at, and it's at the expense of the people closest to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I, and I think I do that for prideful reasons. Mm. You know? And so I, I think that's, that's my issue. I'm, you know, I'm 55 now. Yeah. I can't do the things, you know, as well as I used to, and it bothers me, you know, that I'm, I'm out of breath for things. And so I keep trying to prove to myself that I could still, you know, work around the clock, that I could still do all that stuff. But uh, why, is that, why is that still so important to you? Like, what makes that still so important to you that you feel you have to prove that? I, I, yeah, this is not might be a counseling session. Well, I, I, <laughs> I got an issue. So I, I from my upbringing, I am a, ter- a terrific disappointment to my mother. Mm. Mm. And it's, and, you know, it's obvious, you know, and, and, and the reason is I just didn't turn out, you know, I, I went the course of business and, and, uh, and uh, not education. Yeah. And, and, and that's the only thing that she respects. Mm. You know? And, uh, you know, there are times that it, you were almost, you know, not on speaking terms, uh, which is which is terrible. And so I'm trying to prove that, no, my way of life is still good. And so I keep trying to, you know, and so but, I, you know, I got to come to terms with the fact there's nothing I'm going to do that's going to ever please. Me. You know what, man? And, and I appreciate you for peeling back that layer right there, because, you know, we all have struggles, man. And, and admitting that we struggle, admitting that we dealing with some things doesn't make us any less of a man. And that's one of the purposes of this show to realize that we all we all dealing with something. And, and it's important that we're able to speak to those things and address those things that we're dealing with, man. And that's 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 awesome right there. That takes a lot of courage and bravery. So what are some things you do? And I, and I, and I throw this word around and I'm going to see how you respond to it. But what are some things you do to practice self-care or self-love? Well, I don't know if it was self-love, but I'm, you know, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty disciplined person. And, uh, and so I, uh, actually, I'll tell you something I did recently that I never, ever do. I went out and I spent $3,200 on clothes. Mm, okay. Just, yeah. just to look good. And I tell you what, I, I walked in and my, for the first time in like, I don't know, 20 years, my wife saying to me, she goes, man, you look hot. Mm. You know, I am good. Places now, and now I'm like, I gotta, you know, I'm obviously dressing down today, but man, it's just like it's a new world for me. Yeah, you get places better, and you know, people, you know, you, yeah, you know, you could, you could do more stuff. People give you the benefit of the doubt just because you're taking care of yourself and you're and you're doing that. And so now I gotta just stay in shape so I could keep fitting into the same clothes. Hey man, that's awesome. <laughs> what are, that's awesome, brother. So what are some things you do, man, that brings you joy that really just outside of sales and, and coaching people outside of business? What are some things you do personally that just bring you joy? Well, I, you know, this year I started taking flying lessons. So that's wow. some gift that I gave myself to do that, yes. uh, which is which is really cool. Um, and uh, and, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm family guy. So we're always doing stuff with with the kids. And that's, you know. I'm always available for them with all that. Um, but yeah, it's difficult for me to buy stuff for myself. I never, anything good that I own yeah. has has been a gift. 
Mm. <laughs> I just don't, I don't, anything really like cool that I treasure has all been a gift. I never will buy stuff for myself. Even the clothes my wife had to do. Yeah. Without me knowing. She goes, just, just do it. Yeah, that's deep, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Last question, Deeb, and I'm I'm a, and, I, and I'm gonna ask this to you, man. And a lot of people kind of struggle with this question or whatever the case may be. So I'm gonna phrase it. I'm gonna reframe it in two different ways. So one, I like to ask, what type of legacy are you leaving, or how do you want to be remembered in this world? What do you uh, want to be remembered for? Yeah. You you wouldn't think that I uh, would have a, a patent answer for that. But I've been thinking about that my entire life. Awesome, awesome. My, my I, you know, like, I'm pretty good on these interview type of things. Yeah. Um, and you know, the reason why is uh, when I was nine years old, I, I, I wrote out the script of exactly what I was gonna say when Johnny Carson was interviewing me. I mean, Ooh. like I knew, <laughs> I was prepared to get interviewed. I just wanted it. Right, you know, right, right. Thing. So I think about the, my legacy a, a great deal. Mm -hmm. And I would like my legacy to be that same exact thing that I'm offering my dad. I wrote a book and part of it is it's about my dad. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we could end this kind of just at the way that we started. I, my, I want to be remembered as a mensch. It's mm. just a good man. I want my children to be able to look back and say, daddy was a good man. Wow. wow. That's powerful, man. I, I love it, man. And, and brother, just from, from my perspective. Hey, you guys get my book, uh, Sales Proverbs, Wisdom of the Ages. It's on Amazon, but there's a whole chapter of papaisms and all those things. Papa that he, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, listen, man, Dan, I appreciate you coming on, brother. From from my from where I'm sitting, you are a mensch. You're doing great <laughs> things. I love the way you're building the people. You guys don't notice, but Dan just called me out the blue like two weeks ago. And just call me out the blue saying, hey, listen, I'm calling five people. I just wanted to check in, see how you're doing. I'm like, wow, that's that's great, man. And I, I actually had to run because I was about to get on with a client, but I don't I didn't get a chance to follow back up with you and tell you, man. I truly appreciate that call. You know, as 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 a sales guy, you know, what I do, I don't like to call myself a sales guy, but you know, in the in the business I am and what I do, I'm building my business and growing. It comes down to you have good days, you have bad days. And I was in between one of those days, man. I had some calls that didn't go well earlier. I had some calls that did go well, but it was still, you know, and I had to get ready to get on with a client, you know, who was dealing with, who was in a crisis. And then when you reached out to me, man, that, that was really something that just brightened my day. So I want you to know, I truly appreciate that. Dan, you are- Well, that wasn't me. I mean, that's that's a God thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, I want you to know, brother, you are a made man, you are motivated, you are accessible, you're disciplined, you're expressive, and I appreciate you for coming on this show, brother. Well, that's terrific. Listen, tell everybody out there, if you want some scripting for your uh, appointment setting and stuff like that, go ahead and just text the word DEEJ, all caps, and your name uh, to 55678, 55678, and uh, it'll get downloaded right to you. Absolutely. You heard him. Reach out to the man, Deej. If you had anything needed for that, for his services, reach out to him. He's going to get you straight. All right. Hey, Deej, I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, so we'll let you enjoy the rest of your day. All righty. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I truly hope something on this episode resonated with you. It is my hope that you know that no matter what you're dealing with or what you're going through, you don't have to suffer in silence, isolation, and shame. We all have struggles, 
We all have things that we are dealing with and ignoring or avoiding what you're thinking and feeling and not allowing yourself to be vulnerable or express any internal hurt and pain doesn't make you more of a man. Please understand that. Also, please share this episode. You never know what someone is going through and something in this episode may help. Remember, no matter what it is or how hard it is, that's not all there is. You don't have to stay stuck or struggling. Your power is in your choices. So what type of choices are you going to make today? I'm here, my brother. You know I love you. Yes, you guess you are enough. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man.